Gender Matters podcasts are a new aspect of Texas Women's Foundation's annual Leadership Forum and Awards Celebration presented by AT&T. Now, Texas Women's Foundation focuses on two key things, advancing women's economic security and advancing women's leadership toward the mission of empowering women and girls across the state to build more inclusive and equitable communities for all Texans. And we could not do this work without really strong, supportive partners like AT&T. So let's take a minute to hear from them. AT&T is pleased to team with Texas Women's Foundation as we pursue meaningful social and economic change for women, girls, and families in Texas. AT&T is aiming to level the playing field for economic and educational opportunities for everyone by expanding mobile and broadband access to the internet. The Gender Matters podcast series is sponsored by our friends at Kimberly-Clark Corporation, and each episode features the remarkable accomplishments of one of our 2021 recipients of either the MARA Women Helping Women Award or our Young Leader Award. And we'll hear about these wonderful, remarkable women's journeys, how their work is transforming the lives of other women, and we'll also talk some about how women can come together and support one another and advance leadership at all levels. We are so grateful for the support of our podcast sponsor, Kimberly-Clark Corporation, a truly a global leader in advancing opportunities for women, not to mention producing exceptional products for women. And I'm particularly excited about the participation of Kimberly-Clark Executive Women Leaders in this podcast series. And today, I'd like to introduce you to my new friend, Zena Arnold. And Zena is Global Chief Digital and Marketing Officer at Kimberly Clark. Now, this means she's leading Kimberly Clark's global marketing teams and driving initiatives to accelerate the digital transformation of the company's brands and its businesses. She is driving the consumer relationships and engagement, media and content data analytics and innovation, agency operations, and marketing capabilities. And she came to Kimberly Clark from Google, where she served the past seven years in marketing and general management in some significant roles, most recently as global head of growth for the Chrome OS business. And prior to Google, she held global and U.S. brand management positions at Kellogg, and at Procter & Gamble. It's a a remarkable career and a remarkable trajectory and a remarkable woman executive. Very, very glad to have you with us, Zena Arnold. Hi, Roz. Thanks for having me here today. Uh, Very happy to to be meeting you and Kim. Um, Kimberly Clark is focused on providing better care for a better world, and as part of that vision, we're committed to helping people around the globe live better lives. Through social and community partnerships, KC focuses on increasing access to sanitation, which in turn helps children thrive and empowers women and girls to achieve their fullest potential. We're really proud of our ongoing partnership with the Texas Women's Foundation, whose mission aligns with Kimberly Clark, committed to investing in and empowering women and girls to drive positive change. 
Oh, thank you so much. And I appreciate your personal dedication to this work, Zena. That's a, as, as meaningful as the company's uh, wonderful partnership that we've enjoyed with Kimberly Clark for 18 years. Uh, now, it's exciting to introduce our featured guest. And our guest for the, uh, this episode of Gender Matters is Kim Roxy. Kim is an entrepreneur and a catalyst for women of color founders. She herself is the founder and CEO of Lamech Beauty, a clean beauty brand that caters to multicultural women. Now, after opening her own brick and mortar makeup shop at the age of 21 in Houston, Texas on a $500 investment, Kim ran that store for 14 years. She was the youngest African-American woman to have her products carried in a major department store. And in 2019, she then pivoted her business. I guess you must have had in the back of your mind that there might be a pandemic coming because you were way ahead of the rest of us. <laughs> but in 2019, yeah. she pivoted that business and launched Lamech as an e-commerce beauty company and an innovative tech-enabled website that allows consumers to try on the cosmetics digitally. It's so cool. And Kim, not only is she a great entrepreneur, but also a community leader. And the city of Houston named June 23rd, 2019 as Kim Roxy Day. She's been honored as one of Houston Business Journal's 40 Under 40, was named one of the American Business Journal's most influential young executives in 2019. And she is the bomb. Thank you very much. Welcome, Kim. I'm so happy to have you joining us today. And congratulations for winning the Young Leader Award. So well deserved. Thank you so much, Roz. You're the best. Um, so to hear you say you're the bomb, I think I'll put that on my wall. I, did, I think you should. <laughs> Every day. This is Kim Roxy. She's the bomb. That's exactly right. So let me start by asking you, how did you decide to launch your business? What what was the thing that prompted you to say, I'm going to create a, 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 a cosmetic line for women of color? Yeah. You know, when I think about being a darker skinned woman who at prom went to the makeup counter uh, me and my mom to get my makeup done for prom and I walked away with my self-esteem shattered because I literally looked in the mirror and saw like this gray ashy look my makeup was not and that impacted me for the rest of my life and what I wanted to do um, in the makeup industry um, at first, it, it, it made me just like not like makeup <laughs> and then because I felt like I didn't fit. But then when I was in college and I worked at a makeup counter as my part time job, um, I fell in love with making women feel good about themselves and making sure that no woman or girl ever felt what I felt that prom night. Um, and I decided that I was going to make it a business. And initially it was a makeup boutique in Houston, my hometown. Um, at 21 years old, open this thing up. Uh, but then in 2018, I saw the impact we were making in Houston and I wanted to grow nationally. And I, and I actually wanted to create a digital first beauty brand. And Roz, as you said, you know, it, it had me looking like I have to credit mine. I'm, I'm a faith woman. You know, I have to credit it to God because 
has me looking all smart. Like I knew this pandemic was coming, but believe me, I did not know. <laughs> um, I just saw the shift in the way that, and I saw the, to be honest, I saw the underserving of women still happening at beauty counters. And, um, you know, women of color in particular spend 80% more on cosmetics, but only get about 3% of the retail shelf space. So you have such a consumer that wants it, but can't find it. And so I thought I could democratize beauty online. There's no barriers, there's no bars. Um, and so that's what I really wanted to do. And when 2020 hit, the pandemic hit, it really accelerated our uh, plan and our vision around this. So when it came to women trying on products online, it came, it was bigger than just, oh, that's convenient, that's cool. It became paramount <laughs> um, for COVID-19 friendly makeup trying on. Um, and then it also became our live shopping that we would do where you can like actually live shop on our website like you can now with through live streaming with our beauty experts that's something that was like needed because people cannot go to beauty counters right now and go try on makeup so how do i get my questions answered how do i get the right product and so that's what we're doing at Lamique. so so yeah it's been a, a heck of a ride um but i also am really grateful that we could serve the needs of women. And now it's expanded from just women of color to all women um, being able to use our products because if we make it for women of color, we're actually making it for all women because you come from albino all the way to really dark skin. And so other makeup brands have chosen not to make colors to fit my skin tone, but that's not what we're doing. We're inclusive. Awesome. It's a pleasure to meet you, Kim. Uh, I have to tell you, I am a beauty care enthusiast, and as a woman of color myself, I totally feel you on the beauty experience missing the mark for, for so many of us. I'm very excited to check out your, your products. And as a marketer, I absolutely love your positioning um, of love and makeup and kindness. I mean, just so beautiful on so many levels and what the world really needs right now. So I, I wanted to ask you, um, what, what have been your greatest challenges and greatest achievements as a company that centers on women of color? Our greatest challenge has been, you know, some of the challenges that a lot of my customers face at their jobs and their positions. And a lot of times that's just promotion and moving up and getting the resources that they need. Or And so for me as a business owner, getting funding, Zena, um, was a huge, you know, problem and barrier. And we know the numbers and some people listening might not, so I'll just share it real quick. But, you know, women of color uh, uh, actually only get, like black women only get 0.006% of venture capital funding. And that is horrific because we're missing out on so many problems being solved. <laughs> When we look at that, you know, Rise, you know, what you're, the work y'all are doing at the Texas Women's Foundation, and now that I'm a part, I'm a part of that work too. But, you know, when you think about it, it's not just telling these type of staggering numbers and just sort of shaking our head. It's like we're actually missing out on real solutions that people from different backgrounds, different home 
uh, bringing, you know, the ways we were brought up, all of those different experiences, we're missing it in the marketplace, Zena. And that's what, that's, that's like the biggest challenge that I've had. Um, I've had to result to crowdfunding, um, but it has been so energizing for my brand to do that. Um, and that's how I sort of overcame that. Um, some of my biggest accomplishments, if I lead right into that, would have to be, you know, the fact that we're persevering through it all. And sometimes I can't measure my impact um, just quantitatively. I've got to measure it as well qualitatively. Like what what type of, you know, what are you really bringing value to, to the market? Kim, what is really your mission? And my mission um, is to help women live a more fulfilled life and to recognize that they really run the world. And so that is what we do. And, and so, you know, when I look at my biggest accomplishment, I really kind of look at all the success stories of our customers and the things that they're doing. I feel like we're just like aiding them in that. Um, and I got to give a shout out to my daughter because she'll look at me and say, I, I thought I was your biggest accomplishment. <laughs> even, even at five years old, she would, she, would, she would listen to this and check me on that. So I got to give a shout out to her. <laughs> shout out to Laura. Oh, that's awesome. Um, tell me a little bit about what compelled you to pivot to e-commerce. I mean, you, you mentioned you, you did it prior to the pandemic, which is when a lot of people did. But what, what um, kind of gave you the sense to, to do that earlier on? And, and how has the transition been for your business? Yeah, the, I could see that it was like the problem that we wanted to solve about democratizing beauty, Zena, and getting it on the shelves for us. It wasn't happening easy, easy from the stores. So getting the distribution, you know, direct to consumer, it takes a lot of marketing, a lot of outreach, you know, all of that. And so um, I realized with my brick and mortar store, I was limited to how many people I could reach. And I figured I went online, I could reach more people. But some of the things that I wanted people to adopt to doing they were sort of hesitant in doing because of the old way of doing things. But when the pandemic hit, it accelerated it. And now would have taken people, it would have taken people so long to adopt to some of these things I wanted them to do. Um, like taking a quiz to get the recommendation for the right product versus coming inside of a store, parking, talking to, you know, all those kind of different things. They adopted because of the pandemic. So um, I must say that I just started to see in my business the changes that were happening. And, and I'm speaking to the visionaries now because sometimes I even get goosebumps thinking about it. When you're brilliant, and yes, I'm brilliant, and so are you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so are you. Um, who's ever listening to this, you are brilliant too. Sometimes when you're brilliant, you doubt your brilliance because your vision is so ahead. And you think, should I be doing this right now? You're like, it's not like, it's not catching on. People aren't just like bagging you up. Your family and friends aren't just getting on board. They're not riding on your train. But I am a testimony to tell you 2020 will happen. And then people will catch on that in 2018 and 2019, when you were running around like Noah talking about uh, 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 a rain is coming, everybody get on this boat. Like that's how I felt. Like it was like, you know, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna tell, and everybody's like, okay, Kim, that sounds really good. What you're talking about, buy makeup online, yeah, but I always, I think I need to go inside of a store and figure this out. 
And so now where we're able to, a person will send in a picture, rise, and we'll literally um, send them a custom blended foundation for them just based off of a picture. So the things that we're doing um, are very innovative and they're needed for the time, but but it was a time when, when nobody could really see what I was talking about. And um, and I'm happy that I that I lasted through those times. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt you were gonna last, my dear. <laughs> no doubt at all. And I want my custom. Uh, I want my custom look coming soon yes. here. So I'm gonna yes. be on the site this afternoon, yes. getting yes. that. Oh, you know, when we first met, you talked a little bit about your experience um, as a wild child, and uh, uh, I certainly resonated to that, having been one and having born two. So uh, I, uh, I, I, I'd love for you to talk a bit about your personal journey and who folks thought Kim Roxy might be and then who Kim Roxy became. Yeah, so letting the cat out the bag, I was kicked out of high school at 16 um, and I had to, I was expelled from school um, and I had to go to an alternative school. Um, and, you know, it was better than going to juvenile where they really wanted to take me, but my parents really advocated for me. Um, and I just remember being in that alternative school thinking, you know, this is not, this is not really who I am, but at the same time, you know, the teacher is telling me that I'm at risk and I hear her talking to other teachers and the way that they would introduce us or, or talk about us. Oh, you're at risk. And I remember asking her, what is, what does at risk mean? What, what are you talking about? I'm at risk. And she said, you're at risk. You're at risk student. Look, you're in an alternative school. You, you're uh, less likely to become a productive citizen. You're less likely to have a career. Look at your classmates. They all have records, even as juveniles. And I was like, whoa so she's labeling me and my future based on where i am right now and that hit me like a ton of bricks and i remember one of the other teachers saying to me kim write down your five-year goals write down your one-year goal and this is at 16 and my one-year goal was to get accepted into college um, and some of the naysayers told me I wasn't going to be able to get accepted into college because of my record, because of the fact that I was expelled from high school. But I was able to redeem myself and, and go to college and get accepted. And it was like the best thing ever. I saw my ticket in my way to a future. And when I think about writing down my five-year goal, and I just remember just writing down, I want to be successful. I want to be different from what they think. And to think five years from 16, I was 21, I opened up my own business. There so, you go, there you go, so there you was, go. Yes, that was the victory for sure. But in those sort of rough moments, dark times, I mean, you can even be an adult and make a bad decision or whatever the case might be. Um, don't lose your faith and, you know, uh, don't, you know, there's still a redemption on the other side. And uh, yeah, but I, I also took that label. Uh, I have a TEDx talk that I do, that I that's uh, online that I say I went from at risk to risk taker. So I still didn't let that fire stop burning in me, rise. We can't let that fire of wildness stop burning. <laughs> that's also what what makes us, you know, who we are. Who drives uh, you? Risk 
That's it. Who drives you? And and yeah. that let go a little bit into that about risk because I know a lot of the uh, young women and 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 old women listening. Um, have ideas, have possibilities, have have some spark of entrepreneurship in them that they might want to explore. But what would be your advice to them about how to find that spark and make something of it? Yeah, you know, I so admire women over 50 who start businesses. I think they are freaking rock stars. I think that their risk you know, factor around doing it in spite of all the, the responsibilities and all the things they could lose or whatever the case might be. You know, I, I really admire that. So I just want to shout out to the women who are feeling they're more seasoned, their time has come and gone. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. Um, and uh, so the spark that's in us, when you when you have that spark and you got something inside of you, one thing I would tell you is, I would probably just whisper it to a person, but just like, you know, this is your only life to live, right? You know, it's not dress rehearsal. You know, that's it, right? So like, this is this is it. <laughs> like, so release release the, the downside of failure and put failure on the upside. Put failure on the upside. Failure is good because you tried, you did it didn't work out, maybe you learned something, you tried again, or you go another way. Um, so put failure on the upside. That's what I want us women to do. Put failure on the upside. When you're in the groups with women, talk about your failures. Stop trying to, you know, talk about only what, you, no, talk about your failures. I'm telling you, I got kicked out of high school. Like, like talk about whatever those things are. So then you can release the shame and all of that that goes along with it that dims and stops your spark. Um, and I, that's what I really want women to do. And I think that's the thing that we um, need to do to keep our spark going and just know this is one life to live and don't worry about the failure. Everybody, you know, when I talk to a woman, it's always, well, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to get it perfect before I release it. And uh, done is better than, <laughs> than waiting around on perfection. Um, and I really, you know, believe that more women would act on their ideas if they didn't look at failure on the downside, but rather look at it on the upside. Beautifully put, my dear. Beautifully put. We'd like to thank today's podcast episode sponsor. Here's a word about them. Capital One is proud to support Texas Women's Foundation and small business owners like Kim through the Capital One Impact Initiative a $200 million five-year commitment to support growth in underserved communities and advance socioeconomic mobility by closing gaps in equity and opportunity. The Impact Initiative builds upon Capital One's priorities around racial equity, affordable housing, small business support, workforce development, and financial well-being. Learn more at CapitalOne.com forward slash about. I step over old ideas and create my own path. I choose to leave the old cycle that made women hide their bodies, their emotions, their periods behind. I am shaping my future with imagination and without fear. I am filled with possibilities every day of the month. I am a new cycle. Kotex, period or not, she can.
Now let's talk about men, and <laughs> and let's talk about men I as like <laughs> I like them too. <laughs> <laughs> I married one, got two sons, but um, but. You know, we we talk about a lot the, of the road that women take, and and Zena, I'm sure that this road you've traveled as well um, as uh, women in business, as women in in entrepreneurship. Um, we can't do it all alone, and we need male allies. And so, I would like to ask you first, Zena, if I may, to talk a little bit about male allies that might have supported you along the way and then Kim I'm coming back to you to talk about the good men in your life yeah Roz there have been many I've I've been fortunate to to have them and I I truly believe that that a person's success doesn't come from just their own hard work it comes from the community around them it comes from the people who also help to to lift up and boost and and I've definitely been the recipient of that um, at many points in in my career there there was uh, my my first boss at my first um, real corporate job and you know he took a chance on me for something that I wasn't exactly qualified for and didn't exactly know what I was doing but but I, I convinced him and told him hey look I've got the passion I've got the energy I, this is something I really want to try and I'll do everything I can to make it work and he leaned into that and said yes then let's let's try it and so along the way there have been many many folks like that that have opened the doors and and I think it's really important and what I've been gratified to see more and more over the past uh, several years is that it's becoming much more commonplace and I, I think people are recognizing that um, supporting women and and other underrepresented groups it's it's so so important not just because it's the right thing to do but people are actually seeing now that it's driving business results as well you know uh, and and so there's there's benefits in every possible way and and uh, I've been fortunate to do that and and also thinking about how I can do that for others that are coming behind me oh I love that the richness of diversity is is proving out absolutely in every way Kim what about your good allies who who, who have you found has helped you on your journey Lena made my memory jog back to when I got my first store and the leasing manager was a woman, but she didn't believe my business was gonna work. So she didn't wanna take a chance on leasing to me. She was trying to come up with a lot of excuses. And I was in her office and I was just like, I have the first and last month's rent. I got my security deposit. I told you what the business plan is. I, I don't understand. I'm like, you know, I just don't get it. And she went and got the owner of the mall. She said, look, I'm going to go get the owner of the mall or either I'm getting security, but I'm going to get the owner of the mall first. <laughs> and and she, she went and got the owner of the mall and it was a, and it was a man. And he came in and kind of like Zena, like he heard me out. He heard my passion. And he said, you know what? I'm going to give you a shot, kiddo. That's what he, that was the exact words he used with me. Wow. Right? And, um, they leased the space to me and they were like, we're gonna put you in a part of the mall that's already sort of have vacant stores. So if it doesn't go go well, we can keep going. And so- Thanks. Um, was, <laughs> so they were like, you know, if it goes south, you know, you'll just be over there by yourself. Right. And about 
about three months into the store, he came over there. He said, you're making this work. And I said, yeah, I told you, you know, I kind of had my shoulders up. Yeah, I told you it was going to work, you know, kind of thing. And uh, he said, well, it's a vacant spot right in the middle of the mall next to Victoria's Secret. Do you want it? And I was like, yes, you know, and he really became one of my allies who, you know, really fought for me and did things. Um, uh, and, I, and I'm so appreciative. Um, and when Zena told her story, it made me think about my own. Uh, when an older, and this is an older man that 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 was able to catch on. Um, also, I must give a shout out to, you know, my husband and how we run our household um, and how we do it our way. And we don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't even call it non-traditional. I don't call it anything. I call it the way we run it <laughs> and <laughs> the way that it works. Um, and he's, you know, just very, uh, immersed and hands-on when it comes to his family. And I believe that your husband has to be an ally with you and want to see women pursue their dreams and successes. Um, and also to my bonus son, um, who I'm, I, I have an amazing bonus son who's, who's always looked out for me too um, and been like one of my security bodyguards um, looking out for me. And and I think that, you know, my uncles, I just have to give a shout out because sometimes we 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 overlook the value of the allies, even in our own family. Like you talk about the good men in our life. And um and and my dad, who sort of always tells me the worst things that could happen. <laughs> He's like, you think, you know, you're gonna go out there with those sharks. I mean, he tells me all of these big things, but what he's trying to do is just let me know it's not going to be easy mm -hmm. and it's and it's not rosy and so if i can handle him <laughs> i think i can handle anyone and i think that's what brings my confidence um towards you know being in different in different environments but yeah those are some of the good men in my life and the ally that i had to give a shout out to love that that's great that's great um Kim, uh, it's just been so inspirational, um, you know, hearing uh, about your your story. Is there maybe one way you could sum up like your code to success if, if you had to, to pick one thing? Keeping a heart of gratefulness. Mm. Mm. That's the recipe. That's the secret sauce to it all um, is, you know, keeping that gratefulness and not being, again, bitter or anything like that. Um, there are so many adversities that come up and happen just based on the way I look, <laughs> let alone to the things that I don't know and the weaknesses that I have and the skill sets that maybe I don't have. But I also, you know, know that like that gratefulness, it has transformed my life. It solves all problems. Um, gratefulness solves all problems. I really am a true believer in that, Zena. So how do you keep that forefront every day when, you know, the pressures of running your business and it's not always rosy, right? So what, what are some of the things that you think about and, and do to bring yourself to that place of gratefulness? Well, I know that I, one, I recognize what you just said, that it's not all like deliveries are going to be late. 
<laughs> like things are not going to show up. People are going to have a, a typo in an email that they sent out for me, right? Like it's going to be, it's going to be all um, the calendars we didn't get right based on time zone. Um, we forgot to put something in the contract. It's going to be, it's going to be everything. It's going to be all of the things, right? Um, but when you recognize that and know that already, it's kind of like, I'm not, I'm not going through life expecting that that's not going to happen. Um, one of the people who, who, who really was, what we, who we spoke of earlier, my mom, who passed away from metastatic breast cancer and was the, you know, the, the firm believer in me um, and was my best friend and my confidant. Um, it's kind of like when that happened, that pain that I, that that I that I experienced and that I transformed into purpose. When I was able to transform that, I could do anything. Mm. And so that sort of so when I look at that gratefulness, it comes from that. The fact that I'm still living, still going, and my mom, I turned, I transformed that. Then I can continue to go and do. And to be honest, nothing can pain me like that. And so uh, when you, when you, when you sort of, you know, get that, then you, you, you kind of can take on other things. And, and, you know, some people listening, Zena and Rod, I know, you know, both of you are, are amazing leaders and women, and, you know, we've all had things in our life that have been that. And, and so when you've sort of hit that before or been there, then you sort of start to be able to process other things in a whole new way. Yeah, that that's absolutely right. I mean, I, I love so many of the the pearls of wisdom you've you've talked about today. You know, putting failure on the upside, it's hard to do. But when when I've been able to, I've always found something good coming out of that. So amazing. Um, just thinking about um, other advice you have um, for other women who want to make a change in the world um, for for other women and girls. What what advice would you give? them except the fact that you might not experience the goodness of your good deeds mm. so you know when you look at you know um some of our leaders of history they make changes that now we are benefiting from accepting mm. the fact that you will not always be the beneficiary of your good deeds this is texas women's foundation there are some good deeds being done by the the team the staff, uh, the uh, chairs, the committee, the board, the volunteers, um, the president, right? It's good things are happening, but they may not all really benefit from that, right? It'll be generations to come that will benefit. So we all have to sort of be okay with investing <laughs> and doing hard work and, and coming together for the success of the future. Um, and I think that that's something to keep in mind because if we become sort of this microwave mentality where we want to experience all the good stuff, like, you know, if we want every, you know, everything, all the fruit of the tree, we want to, we want to plant the seed, grow the tree, get the fruit of the tree. Like and we keep <laughs> sometimes just like we're all standing on the shoulders of someone else. Like I said, and eating the fruit of what they've done. We all now have some input to do some seeds to sow. We still got to plow the field, but you may not be the benefit of that. 
Yeah, I really love that point on investment. I think that's such a great way of looking at it. You're, you're investing and it's not in just investing in yourself. It's investing in your community, in all women. It's a really lovely way to think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll in that part, it can help to spark and, you know, get you going and keep you going. Um, I always kind of make the analogy that it's easy to like sort of like get married and plan a wedding. But let's talk to let's talk to you after you've been married for two years, five years, ten years, twenty. Like it's a whole nother thing to keep that thing going, and that's how business is. <laughs> I like to talk about, you know, I love I, everybody loves to ask me how to start a business, and I'm like, look, that's the easy part. Let's talk about. <laughs> let's talk about five years in. That's right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Let's talk about that part of the business where you know um you start a, a good employee leaves you or something or just you know whatever it is like let's talk about that stuff in business and let's work through that part let's have conversation around that because to me that's the most interesting part because you know picking out a cute name and a cute box and a cute service that you want to do and all of that cuteness is really cute but um <laughs> it's the acuteness of the business when we start to get down to it that really is the is the difference <laughs> Well, as a former entrepreneur, I resonate so much to what you're saying, Kim, because I, I had 25 years in business running my own gig. And, um, you know, it was it was a lot easier to start than it was to stay. And uh, and so I, I love what you're saying. And I think that's brilliant advice. Um, I wish we could keep on talking this whole afternoon. And I just I just love this. Love it so much. Um, I, 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 I'm inspired by you, Kim Roxy. I am inspired by you, Zena Arnold. You are wonderful, remarkable women, and I couldn't think of a woman who more deserves the Young Leader Award in the state of Texas than my friend Kim Roxy. So I want to thank you for being who you are, giving what you give, and, and showing us a really special way to be in our places and spaces with a heart of gratitude. I shall not forget that, my dear. Um, so to Kimberly Clark, our wonderful podcast sponsor, to Zena for being cool and co-moderating and, and joining in this wonderful dialogue, and for Kim for being remarkable. Um, thank you all so much. I I hope that everyone will not only tune in and listen to this again, but you would also tune in to our other episodes of Gender Matters. And to learn more about us at Texas Women's Foundation, I invite you to join our family at txwf.org. Until next time.